1: We are dead! We are all dead! We were supposed to make the world a better place.
2: What happened? I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore! I know Kung Fu. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore! This whole thing is insane! This whole thing is insane! 300 years ago you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all the men of power want? More power.
1: This is now the United States of Zombie Land. This whole thing is insane! Man is evil, capable
2: of
1: nothing but destruction!
0: Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of.
1: More power. Welcome to the desert of the real. More power.
3: There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? That's such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy heresies, and welcome to the Desert of the Real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it is, it just is. Especially with the latest AB Live, audio version for Thee in This Eternal Now. Both modern science and mysticism have permanently deflated the concept of linear time. Does this mean that time travel is possible and the technology is already available? How can the temporal law of paradoxes be overcome? Worry not, Cronos, for we had another heterodox minister visit the virtual Alexandria. The brilliant Reverend Jonathan Burlow returned to the show to share his mind-blowing and extensive research on time travel. The truth is that ancients, like the Sumerians and Brahmins, were already toying with time jumps. They might be standing by you next time you're in line at Starbucks.
0: You're a time traveler. Uh, I prefer the term time prisoner."
3: Thank you to those of you who support this Red Pill Cafeteria. You are amazing and your backing, company, and feedback make this podcast happen in the Black Iron Prison. Alas, subs are down and like many of you in these challenging times, my income has taken a hit even as the podcast continues to grow across all channels. If you can support or support more, please do. And as always, if you need this content, just let me know. I'm always glad to provide full shows or even temporal subscriptions at no cost for those of you who are struggling financially. We need Gnosis more than ever in this age of Hermes, Philip K. Dick World, and Gnostic times. Expect more violence, wars, rising addiction and suicide rates, mass depression and societal collapse until more look inward while breaking the outward spell of Yaldi Baldi and his Epstein angels. You won't find this high-quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom or many of my guests and their unique insights anywhere else in cyberspace or even meat space. Other than that, let us to our latest A.B. Live. Write your own gospel, live your own myth, and find the means to break out of time loops, those coils of the Ouroboros. The world is like a dragon biting its
2: own tail. We're trapped in repetition. Be born, love, get sick, die. Be born.
3: Num num and yes, men still have nipples, and we'll find out in probably all timelines of today. Welcome everybody to A B Live. Yes, my name is uh <clears> throat> my throat is uh fighting against me, but my name is still Miguel Connor, and I am your pompadus of Gnosis. And yes, and you run and you run to catch up with the sun, but it's sinking racing around to come up behind you again the sun is the same in a relative way but you're older shorter of breath and one day closer to death and that will be our topic tonight very excited to have back the reverend jonathan barlow gee to discuss the gnosis of time travel jonathan thank you very much for coming on and glad to have you
2: well, thank you guys so much for having me on again. And uh I'm very glad to be here.
3: Probably overdue, but uh time, time, yes. Time just grabs Cronus is always eating his children as always. And uh yes, and also too, uh hope you don't mind to tell the audience that it is your birthday and happy birthday. Speaking of time, oh, you've made you it guys. another cycle.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm uh I'm forty-five years old now.
3: Shorter of breath and one day closer to death has been every said. day.
2: Every day, <laughs> years go by too slowly, and the uh, days go by too slowly, and the years go by too fast.
3: Uh, good point. Good point. And with us, too, we've got the timeless Moondog Vance.
1: Vance, how are you doing? Oh, I'm very excited tonight because for a long time I've been wondering why my phone is such a good time machine. <laughs> Look down <laughs> at it like an hour is gone. <laughs> so maybe i'll find out why that happens even when you're at work yeah well no i can't look at my phone when i'm at work that's that would be against comfort company policy <laughs> is it
3: uh, well yeah all right well i'm sure you doesn't your computer have a time and you're just like oh my god
1: it's not the same I, no, maybe it's, it's facebook th- you know it just sucks you right into it
3: yeah yeah the algorithm a time
1: vortex or something
3: yeah the algorithm is uh, an evil thing and jonathan knows too he's uh I feel his research is some of the best out there in the Internet, but the uh, the algorithms, those kelepoth or archons of the Internet, don't like many of your videos, Jonathan. Even the less controversial, more data mining, it's like, it's a pity. YouTube has been at war with you for years, right?
2: No, more or less. I've never monetized my account, so... Uh... Hmm all the yeah, ads so with- that appear on my videos are uh making vid- making money for uh somebody else but not for me and uh i think that's why i'm so downranked uh at least that's a valid theory uh a good excuse would be that but also of course being shadow banned for ancient political opinions that i posted in various 10 years ago and so forth
3: yeah, yeah, and those videos have done really well. Some of you readers had 40, 60,000 views, uh, nice little documentaries. But, yeah, they don't want the truth out. That's I mean, I've mean, i had people from experts at uh, online marketing. I've done my own work, too. I've had Silicon Valley guys that listen to the show, and they look at my show, and they go, yep, you're being shadow banned. It's obvious. You should appear on a lot more results doing this and that. So it is what it is, man. Yeah yeah but but here we are here we are all right well very cool i don't think i have any not much housekeeping going on uh yes uh for those of you using the private rss feed uh for ab prime we will be i keep saying it but we will be changing it tomorrow in the next day uh And uh, so please, I'll send a message to everybody to make sure that you know what the new password is. And uh, other than that, yeah, very cool shows. This show, of course, will be available on YouTube afterwards and also in video form on Rockfin and Odyssey, speaking just in case the algorithms decide to kill us. And, of course, in audio form. On all podcast providers and all uh, subscriber places, and probably tomorrow or Monday day at the latest, so it will get out. So, other than that, yeah, I think that's it. Um, well, Jonathan, I guess we sh- I saw your read your book, saw your YouTube channel, your your series, your lectures, or mini documentaries, and really spanning uh, you you just. Uh, no stone unturned time definitely flew when i was watching these because they were very good um and what i like too beyond the scientific and the occult part is you also do the historical part too so that's what i wanted to start out with is uh, as we mentioned in the pre-chat, we think that time travel is something that modern-day physicists and science fiction writers came up with in the 19th century or 18th century, 19th and forward, but isn't the truth that people have been playing with time travel for up to, what, 4,000 years ago?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, As a concept, uh, different forms of uh time travel have been around since uh at least the uh iron Age. iron age vedics um in uh, uh india and uh the story of uh was it uh kakudmi uh who uh went before brahma and uh was uh uh at his court for uh what appeared to be a number of hours and while he was there but then turned out to be essentially thousands of years uh in, on earth uh while he was gone uh had passed uh also in uh adapa the story of uh, adapa and the uh uh trial of Pazuzu. um Adapa was uh, one of the Abgal uh, uh, fish priests of uh, the Anunnaki in Sumer. And uh, one day he was on his boat and Pazuzu, the southwest wind knocked him off his boat. And so he cursed Pazuzu and then Pazuzu took him to court over that and sued him, took him to the court of Anu. Uh, the sky God. And, uh, while Adapa was there, Inki told him not to eat any of the food or drink any of the, uh, beverages that he may be offered, uh, because they were poison and he would surely die. Uh, but then during his trial, uh, Anu, uh, found his, his case, uh, you know, so favorable in his, in his favor that, uh, offered him the food and drink of immortality and Adapa declined. And according to the ancient Sumerian legends, that's why we're mortal now. Mm. Uh, both of those are examples of uh, time invariance or time dilation between um, different uh, time frames, the different referential frames of time uh, being uh when Adapa was in the court of Anu, he was uh uh there for a certain amount of time and on earth a uh, different amount of time passed in the same way with uh good when he went before brahma
3: the stories are
2: like three thousand five hundred and four thousand old
3: and also in the book of enoch i think isn't there a section where enoch is shown by an angel creation and there's also some time dilation
2: of course yeah and uh enoch which is nowadays uh scholastically accepted as being only a later uh written work and then backdated uh backwards attributed to uh being pre diluvial uh even theoretically before the beginning of sumer and uh vedic civilization in uh india uh but um Enoch was basically abducted by, uh, aliens or, you know, whatever you would want to describe that, uh, experience as being, uh, it's very similar to the modern alien abduction scenarios, uh, that we hear about nowadays, but, uh, he was basically taken up in a dream by an archangel, uh, shown the, the, uh, calendar and the uh, rotations of the planet and everything like that from a a distance above it and beyond it. And then when he came back down or when he awoke from his dream, so to speak, uh, he was uh, gifted with this enlightenment of uh, having had this vision and then he uh, prophesied it for a while. And then uh, has an interesting has an interesting uh, way of passing from the earth himself. Either he died in a fire in a tomb that was buried uh, nine chambers deep in the earth, or he uh, simply uh, walked with God and God took him and he was not.
3: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And you can almost say that some of the apocalypses are time travels because it's uh a lot of these god is showing what's going to happen at the end or several possibilities at least that could happen at the end so um but uh i think in our modern times yeah you give a lot of examples in your series uh and uh, you fr- sometimes i forget some of them like rip van winkle such a famous story that's time dilation i never thought i mean something i loved as a kid but These things were being played in colonial, pre-colonial times. uh, People are just wondering about this. And it also, it reminds me of this quote that I'm putting up here by Augustine, where he said, What is time? If no one asks me, I know what it is. So it's kind of the old Marshall McLuhan, I don't know who discovered water, but it wasn't fish. So (laughs) the ancients played with it, but they really didn't know what it was. It was something they were trying to figure out. And science sort of started asking that question. So if somebody comes up to you or tonight, as I'm asking, and I say, Jonathan, what is time? What is your answer?
2: Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, The concept of time has different meanings in different contexts so uh there's uh the way we experience time as living beings uh our personal uh circadian rhythms and uh our you know so-called temporal lock to uh our surrounding uh environment on the planet Uh, so if we go out of uh out of that temporal lock by going on a plane or you know getting jet lag uh, from going into a different time zone, uh, then all of our, you know, rhythms would be thrown into, uh, thrown out of rhythm. Uh, then there's, uh, then there's the, the, uh, mental experiments with the time travel that we can do. Um, which are uh, non-confined uh, to necessarily even the reality in which we live, uh, the physics of the, law, the laws of physics of the universe. Um, and uh, in that context, time would be uh, measurement of the seventh direction of motion uh, there's height, the three dimensions in space, regular space, there's uh, height, which is up and down, uh, width, which is left and right, uh, and, uh, depth, which is front and back. And then, uh, all of that together moves in the seventh direction of, uh, time, um, in this context, which is just, uh, the sum of all universal motion. And of course, you know the way we experience time as living beings is very limited compared to how uh the universe would not necessarily experience time but how the universe uh exists over time um, you
3: no know, makes sense, yeah, it's a complicated it's complicated we could go back to augustine's uh quote and deal with that, and yeah you also talk in your uh series about some of uh time travel movies uh, what are some of your time favorite ones i know you mentioned one of mine which is uh terry gillian's uh 12 monkeys which is one of my favorite and then looper 2 looper has become really kind of a cult classic and i liked it i like 12 monkeys because it's more philosophical and oh my god it's about a virus that takes over the world how interesting but uh it's uh you know looper is a fun kind of uh movie until i found out it was i just found out today it was directed by ryan johnson and it put a bad taste in my mouth
2: (laughs) right yeah that was back when ryan johnson was uh an up-and-coming uh real big hit in hollywood he had won a bunch of awards for looper Mm -hmm. and then he went and made uh last jedi and everybody (sighs) seems to universally not want to hear more from him
3: he might be wanting a time machine to go back and reject that that role.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
3: Oh, uh, somebody already said there, a movie, Peerless Loser. And she mentioned a movie that you talk about, Predestination. I haven't seen it.
2: Oh, really? I just rewatched you like it. it? Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I just rewatched it today just for uh a refresher on uh, the subject of time travel. It's a really one of the, it's probably one of the top three, I think of the ones that I've seen at least time travel movies. Uh, and it's gotta be at least one of the top 10 of all time, in my opinion, time travel stories. Wow! Uh, I don't know all the time travel stories, of course, but of the ones that I know it's, it's really phenomenal. It's got a lot of twists and turns and uh, a lot of character development and uh deals with uh, a real specific form of a closed time like curve or uh, a time loop uh in the form of a self-creating being like the autogenes. uh oh. you should check it out i think you might really watch like it, it
3: tonight after our interview i might do that yeah hey grand pong is there in the chat good to see you my friend he's saying time cop uh well, for me i have soft spots for uh somewhere in time i know it's a love story but it's just so cute uh time after time about jack the ripper uh traveling in time with malcolm mcdowell and richard david warner who just played uh yeah those are some of mine groundhog Vance said groundhog course, day yeah, groundhog is that day. A t- ooh that's a good time travel oh. or eternal return good point uh, yeah it's a right?
2: loop Oh. Yeah, it's a it's a time loop. There's uh time loops and then there's causality loops. And uh Groundhog Day is an example of a time loop because it starts over at the same spot uh every time that he reaches a certain point at the end of the day.
3: Yeah, I guess good one. Some are others saying, yeah, Mark Jefferson time bandits, uh what are some others? Primer time never
2: gillian one, that's kind of creepy.
3: <laughs> yeah but i think time is it's not scientific or logical it's just there's a plot of oh it's plot's a, a lot one. different yeah yeah it's yeah, random the end
2: where he's just like don't touch it it's pure evil and they're just like Bing.
3: <laughs> humans humans for you we do it every time
2: oh spoiler alert spoiler alert for time bandits there sorry <laughs>
3: Uh yeah, and then uh Sunshine Valerie, Outlander. Yeah, I watched the first uh I liked the first season. Then I my wife kept watching. I'm like, ah, oh, that's just porn for women. Uh that's what Outlander is, but good show. Interstellar. I think he does talk about that movie too. Uh yeah, of course, Doctor Who. I used to watch it until the last Doctor, and I don't want to get into the controversy, but the writing just sucks. Um Dark, I saw, yeah, I saw Nick Nicole. I saw dark, I saw the first season, but it moved a little slow for me, so I need to catch up. The Land Before Time, yeah, sure. Uh, well, anyway, these are some of the movies to get you guys in the mood. So, um, now that we've gotten you in the mood, uh, what do you want to start with? You meant you wanted to talk about some mental exercises, or how do you want to go about it, Jonathan?
2: Well, yeah, I think it would be. Time travel is such a vast and deep topic uh, with a lot of twists and turns in it as well. A lot of paradoxes. So it would probably be best to like ease into it from, uh, you know, ordinary conversational point of view. Uh, So I was thinking we could uh, look at some uh, just basic uh, thought experiments for time travel that are arithmetic they're just uh math based they're simple uh counting i've done them wrong that's the only thing so we may need to check my math as i go along
3: okay
2: but um we could say uh to start out an average passenger jetliner uh flies at uh 9144 meters altitude at around 930 kilometers an hour. And uh, Earth's equatorial rotational velocity is 465.1 meters per second, or 1,674.4 kilometers per hour. So a plane flies around 930 kilometers an hour. Earth rotates uh, around... 1,600 or 1,700 meters per hour. And it rotates from west to east, uh, as I'm sure we all know that. So if we were to take a plane, flies at 930 kilometers an hour, and uh, fly it from, say, uh, UK, uh, London uh, to New York, uh, the uh, Flight time would be about, um, on average, about seven hours. Uh, and the same is basically true if you're flying from New York to London. Uh, it's about seven hours flight time, up in the air anyway. I mean, there's websites will tell you that there's taxi times and you got to wait in the airports and everything like that. So that could be fact. It's about a seven-hour flight. Uh, the distance between them is, uh, 3,256 miles or 5,240 kilometers. So if a plane flies 930 kilometers an hour over, uh, uh, 5,240 kilometers, uh, it would take about seven hours in other words, and that's ubiquitous regardless of which direction it's going east or west. Uh, but this is where the time travel comes in uh in terms of time zones if we're going uh from uh uk to new york uh from um uh, east to west uh and we leave at noon uh we'll arrive at 11 p.m. uh the day before uh, because we'll be arriving at eleven p m new york time
3: right.
2: uh which of course uh is five time zones different from the u k where we left from, so traveling from east to west we subtract uh five time zones or five hours from uh the duration that the trip takes and uh in uh the opposite case, if we uh, fly from New York to the UK uh, and we leave at noon, we'll arrive at a.m. the day after uh, because, again, of time zones uh, and the Earth's rotation. Uh, but, again, that's 1 a.m. UK time. Uh, so the question then... Is what is the difference between uh the time zone on the planet's surface and the uh relative or actual time however one would want uh of the experience of somebody on a plane. So going back to having jet lag <laughs> um when one leaves a uh when one leaves a time zone and travels uh west uh their uh circadian rhythms are going to be uh shortened and if they leave the time zone and travel to the east their circadian rhythms are going to be lengthened uh and in the same way uh, we see the length of a flight from uk to uh, new york or new york to uk is about seven hours either way if we start going further uh, around the planet, uh, the flight uh, begins to matter more in terms of uh, calculating the difference in time zones. So um, if we were to fly halfway around the planet, say from New York uh, to its, uh, what do they call that, the antipode point, antipode point, the opposite point on the surface of the planet in the southern okay. hemisphere would be in uh, Augusta Australia or the nearest place to it would be in Augusta Australia and uh if we were to leave at 12 noon from uh, from New York and fly directly to Augusta Australia it would take say about you know 12 hours or so but um or actually it would take sorry 21 hours uh of uh actual flight time and uh it would cross 13 different time zones so uh if we left at noon from new york uh and we wanted to go to the opposite side of the planet we would arrive at uh 8 p.m uh australian time Mm -hmm. uh on the day that we left Uh, So the actual flight, considering the uh, combination of flight, the subtraction of the uh, time zones would only amount to eight hours, even though it would feel like a 21 hour long flight to somebody in the airplane. Likewise, if you wanted to go from uh, uh, Augusta, Australia to its antipode point uh, in St. George, Bermuda. Uh, It would take uh, 21 and a half hours, Uh, but uh, the flight would uh, take 33 hours in terms of uh, when you would land after uh, taking off. So you would land uh, at 6 p.m. the next day if you took off from uh, Augusta, Australia, 12 noon flew to St. George Bermuda. Which all of that is just boring. But it's arithmetic (laughs) proof for how on on a closed surface like the surface of the planet Earth, uh, you can have closed time-like curves uh, or uh, cycles that approach being closed time-like curves uh, because of their because of its being confined to a non-Euclidean space. In a Euclidean space like cause and effect are linear, but in a non-Euclidean space like a uh, sphere, which is convex or uh, hyperbole or a saddle shape, which is concave, uh, you can have non-linear cause and effect uh, relationships so in uh in a sphere you can have uh uh acute angled cause and effect relationships if if you have like a cause um at point a it leads to uh, an effect at point <coughs> b. but in uh the result of point b leads off to point c being uh reversed uh along the time axis uh in a in a closed time-like curve type scenario, but that becomes possible on the surface of a, a closed geometric shape like here uh, or uh, a torus. Uh, although a uh, torus is uh, associated with the saddle shape or the more open, um, rather than closed geometry
3: Yeah, uh what do you think Vance? I know yeah, jet lag is a killer. I can tell you that.
1: Like well, it's got something to do with the um uh, con- time conventions. You know what I mean? Um if you if you um if you measured if everybody measured their uh time in sidereal time, which is kind of a universal time that, you know, that that's not relative to where you are in the earth, then everything would just be uh, you know, so it just makes sense um, notwithstanding the winds you know when you travel one way um, around the earth the the headwinds are you know the prevailing westerlies um, you know uh, slow your plane down if you travel to the west but if you travel east it's faster i've noticed that on the east coast all the time mm-hmm. but uh, that's that's the way i see it
2: of course so. and the jet streams caused by the rotation of the planet as well as the yes wind- it's the surface of and the surface moves below the wind.
1: Yeah, but there is a relativistic effect though um, you know anytime you move, you know Einstein showed us that um, um, you know a relative a reference frame that's stationary with respect to a moving one that time scales are literally physically different. So right. therefore there's there that's a real, very real, but very tiny at our speeds, um uh true right. time travel. Yeah. Even, on top of a mountain, right, Jonathan? If you're on top of a mountain, the time is traveling at a different uh rate than uh on the on the uh on, on the bottom. Exactly,
2: exactly. Uh what is it, a cesium clock? The decay yeah. rate from um uh, yeah counts at a different tempo at the top of a mountain than it does at the bottom of a mountain it counts slower in the middle of a black hole than it would uh, oh on the surface of a planet if so can we know, say
3: time is a force a a <clears throat> i mean if there's less or more or it affects you less or more
2: could we even say that
1: so i don't well, think it's considered a force is it jonathan
2: well in physics uh we've talked about it in terms of uh perception of time jet lag and that sort of thing uh we've started to talk about a little bit in terms of the geometry of time uh and the physics of time is uh that it is essentially a force because it is uh the measurement of motion uh all motion in all directions at one uh the sum of all of that the uh, so-called sum over histories is the uh essentially the time dimension itself um so i think they call that um oh i'm not going to be able to remember the name of the scientist that's named after but yeah yeah
3: i know uh well i got something scientific right which is a great achievement i know Plotinus actually said that we create the soul creates time as it falls into earth, in other words, time is just matter in motion, so I suppose the you know the ultimate consciousness as if it thought something, it created some sort of time, but the ancients always said aonic time would be different than mortal time, but still it's it's created by motion of thought, motion of matter, motion of something so maybe Plotinus yeah Plotinus has been redeemed in the last 20 years in many ways He used to be a woo woo kind of mocked philosopher and now he's gained a lot of respect
2: time uh, yeah but uh,
3: any questions from the audience fans
1: yeah Oswald Spengler had one it's not on, mute, on the definition
3: oh. on is everybody on mute uh, I'm, I can, I'm fine I can you hear, hear me Jonathan Yeah. Yep. am I on mute
1: no nope. you're, you're not on mute
3: Everybody's on mute, rot, right? oh no, no, your okay. speakers turn
1: on your speakers. <laughs> I, I can't hear anybody I'm okay, well, you ask me a question. Can't hear anybody? oh, all of a sudden, so, yeah, I've got a couple of questions from Oswald,
3: yeah, well, I hope everybody can hear me because I have lost everything, and I don't feel ah. a cat has ran off or anything, oh um, no.
1: Headphone became unplugged, but we can't talk to him.
3: Vance, any questions from the audience? And I'll try to figure myself out.
1: Okay, while Miguel's doing that, Oswald Spengler, I want to know, Jonathan, uh, do you think the gnosis of time travel can be applied to the cyclical theory of history as espoused by Spengler and Toynbee? Uh,
2: Absolutely, yes. Uh, Although I don't know the specifics, the theory as espoused by this particular um, espousers of it but a cyclical version of history would essentially be like a corkscrewing spiral uh, which essentially is the pattern that is formed by the orbit of our planet around the sun uh, over a period of time the aeons you know thousands of years uh, and lengths of time and the ice ages and so forth so there's certainly something to be said for the uh, cyclical nature of of time being progressive as well as repetitive, right? History so,
1: repeats itself, right? That's, exactly. <laughs>
2: well, it rhymes supposedly. It doesn't necessarily repeat itself exactly, but Mark it does Twain, right? Yeah, repeat with modification.
1: And then uh, he also wanted to know if you would comment on déjà vu, uh, maybe that's an uh, example of some kind of time travel.
2: Oh, the the actual experience of déjà vu. Um, yeah one of the things that causes deja vu for me is uh dreams i frequently have a snippet of a uh, premonitory uh vision in a dream that then uh i'm reminded of later on in my waking day uh and that gives me the sensation of deja vu
0: and yes. one has
2: to wonder you know like the brain itself like how is it processing like the probabilities that it would see, you know, like a red apple or, you know, like a, a, a black bear in running in the night or something. And like, that would be in my dream. And then I would see it. And I would be like, Oh, deja vu.
1: Well, and really we're always trying to project into the future, right? When, you know, our minds are trying to anticipate possible dangers or possible rewards and um, uh, that 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 brings us to the subject of like the two basic um, theories of of time, which is one timeline is universal, so everybody travels along the same one, and then the multiverse where there's many many different timelines. And if you right. look at science fiction, right, that they, they have they there's some movies that have the multiple timelines, some movies have the one timeline. Uh, right. So so like if if I'm thinking ahead. Um, I could be said my consciousness could be said to be traveling in one possible timeline, right? If I think that like something's going to drop on my head in the next five minutes, maybe that's possible in 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 one particular timeline,
2: right? Well, according to the many worlds interpretation, that's exactly what they say. Uh, yeah, that anything is possible in any variant number of uh, n-dimensional possible timelines.
1: Yeah, I think there's some sort of consistency rule though, like in the in my case something dropping on my head. Well, I don't know, a, a meteor could strike I suppose. It'd be very improbable, but
2: it'd be terrible to put a kind of horror on it anyway. So I mean like I try and keep a positive <laughs> mental attitude about yeah. things falling onto my head from the future.
1: So therefore, I'll ask a question and then I I guess Miguel can hear us now.
3: I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're good. It's very good, strange. Right? I everything I lost everything. But... Ah, oh, this back.
1: must be a time warp. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. As Johnny Rotten saying, I'm in a time warp. I'm in a time warp. All right. All right. Well, let's you do go the ahead. time warp again. Like,
1: yeah. yeah. Now, if there was no sentient life in the universe whatsoever, nothing is conscious, nothing is self-conscious, would there be any time? Would time just click away in the universe if there were no observers?
2: That's like asking if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it. I would say yes. Uh, sound waves would still be sound waves, even if there was not an ear to pick them up. They'd still be the motion of the uh, pressure against the air molecules uh, pushing and causing a form of wind uh, as, by the sound waves. So uh, in the same sense, um, I think that there would be motion and that motion could be considered time uh even though there might not be anybody there to perceive that as such would
1: it be though like a giant four-dimensional solid
2: well that's the uh that's one of the more interesting modern theories and that i go along with is uh and again i'm terrible with the names of the scientists who've proposed these things and they all named them after themselves or whatever. Uh, but the idea of having uh, like the three dimensions of space and then uh, surrounding that a fourth dimension uh, of uh, space, but it would be fourth dimensional space. Uh, it would be a tesseract or a Taurus shape. Uh, type of concept that we really can't even fathom uh, from within three-dimensional space but uh, that shape would be essentially responsible for causing time within three space causing change in motion and entropy Uh, and it would be uh, itself like a halo surrounding uh, the local universe and comprised of zero point energy or uh, tachyons it would be Essentially, with the hyperspace.
1: I always wonder within that whole thing, what's it contained in, right? (laughs) That whole thing that we just described. Then there must be a hyper universe that that's all exists in. So that exactly,
2: and that's that's where that theory goes. After that, is that if there's a local universe and then hyperspace, then there would be a larger uh, event horizon in a black hole in a larger universe surrounding the local cosmos and uh, once you get up into what the physics and the geometry and the mathematics of the larger cosmos the so-called parent cosmos to our own universe would be like uh, it becomes in, extremely abstract extremely quickly
1: It's turtles all the way up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. or the end,
3: the ending of men in black when everything's in a jewel or time bandits when God just folds the the map a mystery after a mystery man
1: okay well we um we did oswald's questions miguel so um there's a couple of little uh smaller questions running around here um oh grandpa i almost missed his, his memory personal time travel into your own past
2: it can be uh remote viewing and remote influencing indicates that you may be able to uh For example, there's the premise of the tachyonic anti-telephone, the ability to uh, send information back in time uh, by pulsing it at a rate of uh, velocity faster than the speed of light. So, of course, if you had uh, a regular telephone, somebody who's standing 10 feet away from it in a ring, because, you know, they called it from 10 feet away, they would know it instantly. But uh, if uh, somebody was standing 10 feet away from an uh, anti-tachyonic anti-telephone, it would uh, ring before they called it. Uh, (laughs) It's a really spooky uh, modern paradox.
1: You know the good thing, though? The good thing is that (laughs) when you
2: get the bill, it pays
1: you. (laughs)
2: Oh, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, I wish.
3: I wish.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's like Bizarro AT&T.
1: <laughs> and they have good customer service if you call them. Wow. Everything's yeah. backwards.
2: The Time Lords. Yeah. Right. The Time Lords. <laughs> and when
3: people ask you about the Mandela effect, is there any sort of time dilation or corruption or what do you think of the Mandela effect?
2: Well, the Mandela effect, uh, by definition is about, um, false memory syndrome and people being able to, uh, convince themselves that, uh, something that they remember that's false is actually true by, uh, essentially like crowdsourcing their, their, uh, their agreement for it. But, uh, if, we're, if we're talking about like, uh, the uh idea that uh for example like uh CERN and the l h c could be emitting uh gravity waves from uh or uh even tachyonic yeah. uh radiation without even realizing it at a very small amount and that that could be displacing a certain other amount of energy et cetera like that's all interesting uh theories but um, I don't I don't follow it closely enough to be able to confirm or deny the validity of it. Right. Right. Right.
3: But isn't the, what about the idea that if time travel is possible, somebody's already figured it out and doing shenanigans across the space time continuum.
2: Well, exactly. Like if, uh, if time travel can exist, then it ultimately will exist. And if it it ultimately will exist, then it already exists, because the first person to acquire a time-traveling machine uh, would essentially be able to go anywhere and, uh, to some limited extent, do anything that they wanted uh, while they were there, thus wreaking havoc in what we would consider the mainstream timeline. Uh, It would cause all sorts of causality paradoxes if they were to do it recklessly. So that's where uh, ethics comes in with time travel. That's where uh, we have to ask the question is, is time travel a good thing in the first place? Uh, and that depends on point of view <laughs> entirely. Uh, life uh, grows on uh, planets. That are gravity wells they are caught inside larger gravity wells, spiral galaxies being pulled into black holes uh so from the point of view of life uh we need order out of chaos we need negentropy. we need uh gravity and uh the result of that is a more closed uh geometric surface, a more uh spherical uh non-euclidean space
3: and a uh... non-euclidean space that's isn't that what lovecraft likes to say really really yeah or whatever is non-euclidean space it's it's lovecraft's great idea to describe these places that'll drive you crazy huh right but um if Uh, go ahead Vance.
1: yeah curved space you know yeah
3: yeah it's just kind of
1: where the shortest distance between two points isn't necessarily a straight line
2: exactly (laughs)
3: yeah but you're talking about what the grandfather's paradox the old uh if i go back in time and i kill my grandfather what will happen or maybe can you explain to the audience about that and the uh different connotations
2: sure uh paradoxes are or less the primary physical laws of the realm of time travel uh, hyperspace, whatever you wanna call that fourth or temporal dimension that includes the seventh direction of motion in space as half of its scalar um Sorry, what was the question again? Just wandered off in my mind. Oh, the grandfather (laughs) paradox, of course. Paradoxes are uh, the laws of physics for time travel. They they replace the laws of logic. Mm. So the grandfather paradox is the one that states uh, if you were to go back in time, you could kill your own grandfather, thus preventing yourself from having been born and preventing yourself from being able to go back in time to kill your own grandfather. So it creates the logical conundrum of um you know if X then Y, but then if Y not X.
3: Exactly. It's and is what exactly, what are the different uh permutations or could it even happen? I mean, what do you mean logic is replaced by physics? So if there's no logic then what happens? I'm trying to get my mind around this, or should I even not waste my time getting my mind around it?
2: Well, I think of it, uh, the, the easiest way for me to visualize it is, is uh, temporal cartography, so like a map. And then uh, using that map, you could apply it to more physical situations later. But the map itself is easy enough to visualize inside the mind, uh, geometrically and topologically. Um, so like if you were to go back in time and kill your grandfather, thus preventing yourself from being able to go back in time, it would create a closed time like curve, a closed time like in four uh, spatial uh, dimensions, uh, causes gravity in three spatial dimensions that causes change. Over time, it causes entropy to occur in the uh, confines of the local universe. The hyperspace uh, shape, or torus, or sphere, or whatever the hyper surrounding the local universe is itself a closed time like curve and uh, is itself uh, self referential itself isomorphic, self-connecting.
3: Okay, I'm still. I'll just leave oh, it yeah. at that. I'm thinking there's there's a famous and award-winning uh short story where they discover a time travel machine, and they try to. Of course, they want They try to kill Hitler, <clears throat> and they go back in time, and they keep killing Hitler, and every time they come back, it hasn't changed. History is the same conventional history. Right. Let's not right. get into any conspiracies, everybody. But it's the same history, right? And then they go back, well, we'll kill him when he's a kid and nothing. We go back, we kill him when he's an adult, when he's an artist drawing outside and nothing works. And they just, at the end, these scientists just give up. They say it's already been set.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that particular uh, movie or uh, the premise is common. Um, Mm -hmm. We're talking about uh, the chronological protection conjecture of Stephen Hawking that, that basically says if, uh, If any time closed time like curve event uh, were to occur, the effect of it would be distributed so as to conserve the the violation of the second Mm -hmm. principle of thermodynamics, uh, the principle of entropy. Uh, So if X amount of energy is created, then somewhere else Y amount of matter has to be. Destroyed, or why amount of energy has to be reformed into matter, or something like.
1: that. Yeah, I was just thinking that the conservation of energy is is violated by any kind of time travel, forward or backwards, right? Because here I am of certain amount of mass. If I all of a sudden disappear out of this time and reappear 20 years ago, then there's like missing energy. And, uh, and exactly.
2: Mass. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You'd have to create some sort of. Uh, Ballast
1: or something, Uh, replacement.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You'd have to have some. uh,
1: Yeah, but where would it come from, right? You know, you got the whole universe, you know, you you can't balance the books.
2: But if you travel back in time, does that mean that the future matter?
3: So the universe collapse events goes back in time to, or what would happen?
2: Well, the theory is it would either create an alternate dimensional timeline. We're so getting Donnie Darko the Mainstream now. timeline. Uh, and then terminate sooner than the mainstream timeline uh, okay. as it bifurcates. But, um, but of course it would be discontinuous energy-wise,
1: right? The energy was beep beep. all of a sudden, you know, that timeline would be discontinuous
2: energy-wise. Well, when we're talking about a timeline, we're talking about something the size of an entire cosmos as well. Yeah. So, like, uh, uh, to say that Something like a timeline can just blink out blink out of existence or come to an end when uh, one person leaves it and then creates an alternative uh, parallel dimension timeline, and then they can't return that timeline. It seems a little uh, wasteful, but they, it's likely that if somebody were to be transported out from, in the many worlds interpretation at least, if somebody were to be transported out of one uh, dimensional timeline and put into... Loki, yes, and put yeah Kang, put into uh, a parallel dimensional universe uh, that it would not only have to displace the amount of mass that uh, he would take up from the universe that he was get like Eureka, you know when they get it uh, who was it uh, the Greek philosopher who discovered the uh, displacement, water, displacement. Of water. yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
3: I forgot his name like, but yeah Eureka. <laughs>
2: yeah that's oh, interesting
3: anyway. so i think uh doctor who must be playing that because the whole idea of doctor who it's kind of he they try to play it both ways and uh, doctor who big events have an imprint on the timeline like world war ii that's or 9-11 II. Yeah. but then people like vance miguel or jonathan who get whacked or something it's no big deal so it can happen mm-hmm. that's how you can have people killed and fall in love and queen elizabeth could have sex with a guy who meets time travel, something like that but big events like the spanish armada could never change but queen elizabeth having a fling with vance could be a thing so
2: right and of course in the many worlds interpretation that's already happened it's happening right now uh vance uh (laughs) how was
3: it vance was she beautiful
1: no, I couldn't tell. There's too many Corgi dogs running around me. <laughs> you,
3: you were sneaking off to do alchemy with John D. That's what yeah. you
1: wanted. To oh, do. the oh the first Queen Elizabeth. Oh, I thought you meant the one we just lost.
3: Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean the, the first. Sorry, time travel. <laughs> <Queen laughs> oh Again. yeah. no yeah, I was thinking of.
2: Yeah, it's really the yeah. same, same wink, Queen Elizabeth nudge, nudge, time, <laughs> <laughs> time travel joke. Time travel the best
3: yes yes there's so much potential so much potential so uh yeah the other question i had for you unless uh
1: does the audience have a question Vance? let's see i've been having so much fun uh i've been trying to like uh looking back i don't think so anybody oh queen elizabeth was a druid oh, oh God! i'm not gonna what? repeat that uh <laughs> should i put it up no no <laughs> <laughs> i won't put
3: it up on the screen
1: okay No, because I I don't understand it yet. No, I don't see any. I don't see any. Anybody have a question, please, uh, that I missed, please uh, say so in the chat.
3: (laughs) The question I had, too, there's also a a section uh, in your lecture, Jonathan, about time control, time control, time travel and mind control. Could you share that with the audience? Of course, to me, that was very titillating, if you would.
2: Uh, well, uh, mind control is an extremely dangerous topic, so I'm going to try and shy away from describing it as much as I can. Uh, just send me but, the
3: instructions in an email. That's all you have to do. <laughs> no, just kidding.
2: <laughs> well, mind control is uh, fine when you do it to yourself. Uh, if you're doing it to somebody else, then it becomes dangerous. And if it's voluntary, then it's it can be a teacher-student relationship and it can be theoretically... Official to some extent uh, but or therapy
3: it, hypnotherapy
2: meditation kind of yeah of course of course and yeah if you're doing it to yourself it's acceptable it's like binaural beats or whatever you want to use to practice but um one of the aspects of uh pardon me one of the aspects of time travel uh being tied to the circadian rhythms of the body of individual, as well as to the, uh, like the time zone or uh, their temporal lock to the uh, surrounding environment around them uh, is that. um, What were we talking about? Are you with us? We were talking mind control. Mind control, there you go. CERN is uh, getting to
3: you. They're, they're radiating icons into your brain to, to <laughs> yeah, stop you from getting... Yeah. Yes, yes. Mind control and time travel. Sorry.
2: So, yeah. Uh, if if one is uh, able to use mind control, so to speak, over their own mind, metaprogram their own uh, consciousness, then one can uh, regulate their own circadian rhythms and in this way have some kind of Uh, at least theoretical influence on the rhythms of the uh, natural environmental uh, surroundings uh, around a person which of course is like uh, almost uh, superstition of transference means of uh, looking at uh, the subjectivity of how we perceive time so like if, if I'm having fun uh, then time's going to fly and if I'm not having fun then time's just going to drag and it's going to be boring but uh, theoretically uh, if if I were to use mind control and force myself to have fun then I could force time to move faster from my own perspective uh, or at least trick myself into thinking that it was doing so and likewise uh, the opposite And there you
3: have it, you of the broken places, you time travelers. In the second part, you'll love Jonathan's ideas on the simulation theory and his schematics on how to build a potential ship that can time travel and much more. Please support this red pill cafeteria if you find any value in the content. It will cost you less than a buck per episode and that's a deal of many lifetimes. As I often mention, and I did in the intro, if you need any complete shows because of the financial stress due to Archon Monkey Shines, just let me know. Heck and Hecate, I've given cats temporal subs because they just needed some necessary gnosis. We're all in this together, and no one here is getting rich. The alternative spirituality and philosophy of the Gnostics are more critical than ever in this Philip K. Dick world and Gnostic times. This is our time to shine like crazy diamonds. We high priests and priestesses of Hermes, the god of thieves, and Sophia, the goddess of smugglers. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self, here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye, as always.